Welcome to Small Business Marketing, Then, and Now. A conversation with small business owners on how they marketed the launch of their business, the evolution since then and how they have pivoted during this COVID-19 period. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. More leads, more sales, and more revenue for your small or medium-sized business. Click findnewrevenue.com to learn more. Now here's your host, Howard Walpoff. Welcome back to Small Business Marketing Then and Now. I'm Howard Walpoff, your host. Again, this is brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. And today we're going to talk, we're going to start talking about convenience and food preparation. And on the one hand, you think that's fast food and, and making things easy for you, but we're really focusing on making things easier and better for those that prepare the food, whether it's in a restaurant, whether it's in a catering hall. And my guest today is a small business owner who had an idea. Actually, I'll tell you a little bit about having this idea really in business school and uh, actually made a business out of it. A mobile unit that brings materials for restaurants and, uh, and catering halls to function. Uh, the, the right knives, the, the right to even go down to uniforms, dishes, uh, anything you can imagine that a kitchen needs in any way, shape, or form, a dining hall needs in any shape or form, he was able to do it and move around his location, which is in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and found a convenient way to create a business for his customers. Eventually, we'll talk further, it led to a uh, brick and mortar location and changes along the way. But I want to introduce to you Aaron Michaels of Culinary Convenience. And Aaron, welcome to our conversation today. Thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. And you have a very unique story that I think my listeners are going to enjoy because it really is a business that you thought up. Uh, you thought up for, uh, for a class and, and, and wrote a uh, really a presentation on it in business school. So why don't you share with us how the business got started? Well, basically, um, I was doing, I was at a crossroads in my life and I was going for my MBA and my macroeconomics class, the, the professor wanted us to do a, a business plan. And I had some ideas, but uh, my old, I was talking with my mentor, Aunt Chef Andre Bienvenu from Joe Stonecrab, Miami Beach. He goes to me, you know, it'd be a great idea. You know, a mobile store for chefs, you know, going around place to place. I think you'd be great at it. Now, for me personally, I was a suit and tie guy most of my life, you know, before I was in the business, before I did anything. So it was really weird for me to, to do something a little more with my hands up, but I, I didn't have a problem with it. And I was starting to do my market research and development and really start to do my statistics and analysis and financials. I realized if, if I get this, I might be profitable. So we had a group together. We did the, did the project, you know, and handed and I got a B plus. I was so angry. <laughs> I want to see that professor today because I could say, hey, by the way, that the B plus, that paper that you give me a B plus on, yeah, 20 years in business then after your class, just to let you know. So that's, anyway, that's what I wanted to say. I would love to say to her one day if I ever see her. But that's, I, I basically told my father, my mother and father about the idea. And they said, how much do you need in order to make this work? I gave them a figure. They said, no problem. We'll send you the check, pay this back with interest. You're good to go. Go start your business. And off I went. I really, st- I threw, but all that marketing and all that information I developed my business plan, I was able to execute. It was when I got the money, it was time to execute. That's all it was. 
there was no more planning. So that was it. But my whole, my whole business model is based upon marketing. Which is fantastic because this is really a, a great story. Like people have different places where they have their ideas of what they want to do, but you're starting in, in business school as, as part of a, uh, a, a homework assignment for, for that. That's, that's for essentially the what it was. That's essentially what it was. It was a project that was it. And I dropped out, by the way. I dropped out of my MBA. Maybe I'll go back at one point in time, but I did. I, I dropped out to start the business. I couldn't handle both, you know? Sure. No, I, I, I get it. I went to business school. It's, it's a lot to, uh, I had a, I had a crazy internship that somehow I got through in the process of uh, balancing everything. So uh, it's crazy. And, and those internships are rigorous. You know, they really put you through the grind. They don't, they use and abuse you, you know, it was, it was a long, but good summer. I'll put it that way. So let's talk about you get the infusion of, of, uh, of funds from your parents. You set up your truck, you're ready to go. How did you start communicating with people that you were open for business and you wanted to uh, be their, their source for, for their needs? I got on the phone and started calling people. I, uh, the first, what happened was I had done my marketing prior. So I already had clients prior ready to go. I had a, a lot of, con- I had connections in the industry prior and from a variety of customers. I did, one of my things is very simple. Statistics was a very big thing in my business. And still to today, statistics, I use it all the time to gather my data in order to make effective decisions. And it always works, you know? But the one thing I had to do was gather 30 to 40 random samples of a population and get the information that I needed. So not only did I have, it was a good idea, but I also had product too of what I should start stocking. So okay. all that stuff, it all intertwined. And when I was, when I started, all I was said, okay, great. Give me catalogs. Let me start, put, let me start filling, let me start buying things, you know? So that's what it was. And the statistics get, get allowed me to gather that data in order to, to start to go right into effect with it. And that made things a lot easier to get started because you kind of had a roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. I had, a, I had a roadmap. Exactly. I had a roadmap. I had connections and honestly, also you have to have, a, you have to have a little bit of chutzpah, you know, and you have to go out and pound the pavement like anything. This is it. I don't care if you're a doctor or a lawyer or a CPA or whatever business you have, whatever you do, you go to school for all that stuff. It's one giant sales game, you know, because you got to go out there and sell your practice. You know, you can have the bet you can, you can have a gig and you can, you can be an amazing uh, uh, plastic surgeon, but if people don't know you're a plastic surgeon, they're not going to come. You're not going to make any money. It's all about sales at the end of the day, you know, marketing and then sales, understanding the marketplace, identify it and just give it to them. That's the, that's the way I look at it. But I was able to, I had a lot of connections and I was able to uh, cultivate that. And then as we progressed and as I hustled, the more people got to know me and, that's, that's pretty much how it started, slowly but surely. And it seemed to really be uh, something that there was a need. You found an opening in, uh, in getting your products to the market and to, uh, and to those that are uh, in need of it, especially that time. There really wasn't – people weren't ordering things online. You said about the early uh, 2000s, people didn't have the time to have things shipped to them if they're doing it out of a catalog, which really was, uh, was still the case at that point. Um, you were very convenient when someone had a need. You, that, 
a lot of times you had it on you or were very much easier for you to get it for them? Well, it was a matter of having the correct products. Okay. Not necessarily the products, the correct products, because um, the, co- the products they wanted from me, the, the products that they were needed from me. My business is solely based upon what my customers asked for over the past 20 years. Okay. And that's what I listened. We have to listen to their needs and understand where they're at, you know? And so having the correct product selection and then going out there and being available. A lot of these big conglomerates, they don't train their salespeople or they hire people off the street who have no industry experience, you know? So you got kids coming in who essentially the customer is training them on what they need as opposed to uh, the other way around where the, where the, when you, when somebody's getting commission on you, you better have some expertise. You better know what you're talking about, you know? And a lot of these guys, I mean, a lot of these, what happened was back in the day, this was a very prestigious business, you know, our, our industry. People were making high six figures a year, okay? It was a big industry. It was completely different. And what happened was they, they stopped training because they were professional. They knew what they're doing. They were specialists, you know? And what happened was me going into the business, I had an expertise that I was able to offer. And granted, I was still learning. I was able to grab on and get the right information as, as, as quickly as I could, you know, and be available and understand that their needs were urgent and to make sure that I made them a big deal. And that kind of relationship is so tremendously important because you stand out differently than others. There, there's a lot of other business services that these, these uh, places were having, and they weren't getting that type of service from anybody. It's a personality. It's not fully trained and it's not always implemented, even if it is trained and farther than going that extra mile, but it's, it's knowing that person is going to be there. Absolutely. And, and truthfully, you have to be nice. That's what it really comes down to. You have to treat people with respect, whether they're the dishwasher or a billion dollar or billionaire owner of a boat, you know? It doesn't make a difference to me. It's very important all the way. And you treat people nicely. You treat them with respect. They're going to come back. They're going to remember you because sometimes there's so many times in my career where the little guy turned into become the big tycoon. And it's happened so many times. And we all smile. We all laugh together. We say, remember when? And like, yep, it happens a lot. It's nice to see it too. I'm sure you've seen a lot of people grow through their places of business, their restaurants and really mature with it as their units have, but you also have been a, a walking encyclopedia of information for those restaurants that are starting up. You have watched it and helped other restaurants get their process in order and pieces into place and kind of know what's missing when you walk into someone who is just starting and need to figure out how to uh, put it all together. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it, it- You have to know your industry. You have to know what the application is. You know, if it's a bakery, there's going to be certain things that the bakery would have that I wouldn't specify something different. I I would specify according to their needs, you know, cake rings and rolling pins and bakery pans and silk pads and fleximolds and whatever their, whatever their application is, you know, that's, what's really important to me. Um, that, that's the, applic- the application. So 
but uh, so I had to learn and that's it. But truth of the matter is the customer, it's better to keep your mouth shut sometimes and have two ears open and listen to what they got to say. Absolutely. The art of listening is a lost art and people don't realize you can learn more from listening than by talking and mm-hmm. the more people are going to provide you the information the more you give them the opportunity to, uh, to share with you, or as you're listening and you're hearing what conversations they may be having while you're there, you're, you're learning what's missing from, uh, from the equation. Uh, yes, exactly. And we have to yeah, you listen to what people have to say and let them get, you just gather your opinion that way, you know, and just take it from there. And you have to read between the lines too. Sure. You know? And you got to know where you got to, where you got to stop and sometimes just be straight with the customer, you know, and just say, listen, do you want me here? Should I be here? Do you I mean, are we seriously going to do something? Because my time is valuable, just like your time is valuable, you know? And uh, sometimes you have to be like that with people. Absolutely. But, uh, but thank you. But if they're calling you in, I mean, you could tell within a day, de- you could tell by the first meeting, if it's, if the relationship's going to go South, North and or sideways, you know? And, um, and you can just walk away and, and you can always walk away from, from the situation. So, you know, something, it's not for me. Maybe this other person can help you out. That's it. That's how I feel. So let me ask this at a certain point, you made a decision to actually open up a brick and mortar location. So what was very the, interesting? What was the reason behind that? And how did you share that news with your current customers and, and perhaps new prospects? Basically, what happened was South Florida really never had a chef supply. So they had restaurant supplies and equipment, not something chef driven for chefs, a toy store that they can like, you know. So Jonathan Eisman was the owner of Pacific Time. And uh, he um, goes to me, you know something? We need a great chef store. And you're the company who's going to do it. Nobody else. And I said, ah, whatever, you know, listening to it. Then all of a sudden, I realized I didn't like the direction my business was going. I needed to carve a niche. I was chasing bad business at that time, and I didn't like it. And opening up a chef store became like, wow, this actually might work, you know? And I go to my wife, you know, we would talk about, she's my business partner. We would talk about, oh, wow, you know, we're, we're angry about something, or we extended terms to the wrong customer or whatever it is. and we started to, you know, it wasn't fun. It was, uh, we needed to do something different. And one day that same guy, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan had left his restaurants. He had been gone for a while now. Unfortunately, they all had been dissolved. And uh, he calls me up. He was in real estate. He goes, I have a location for you. Come meet me here. <laughs> so sure enough, it wasn't the right location. Okay. And it was, I said to him, Find me what I needed in Miami. And I was at a point in my life where we could have shipped it to Miami, no problem. But if I would have moved to Miami, we would have lost Broward County and we would have lost Palm Beach. And we would have gotten a big part, but it still wouldn't necessarily have been the right move. And where in Fort Lauderdale, I was, I'm, I, I, we, my wife and I always had talked about being part of the yachting industry. And our store being here it would be in Fort Lauderdale. And I was able to find a, a building, a corner building on a major street in Fort Lauderdale 
for um, very good price, you know, and uh, a good landlord. And uh, we were, and I was able to find a home that I wanted 15 minutes away. We we're able to find the school my kids went to. So everything kind of fell into place here, you know? And so we, we took a decision to open up and uh, open up the yachting district of Fort Lauderdale. And that's when the business took a complete different turn. That was the game changer. Because I was able to take away those bad accounts that were slow pays or bad or, or walk away from certain situations. I didn't, I never, I mean, didn't walk away from before that I should have walked away from before. Um, and it'll introduce me to a completely different clientele, a completely different. Um, and also I was able to fill my niche of being the chef store of having all the cool stuff for all the South Florida chefs, you know? So we were able to do to go more into our niche and come up with a specialty as opposed to being more of the masses. If that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And it, it, in many ways, it makes a lot of sense. You really did create phenomenal opportunity to uh, it, look when you, when you're able to find the audience that you're looking for and able to walk away from some that may not have been the uh, exactly who you wanted, but at certain points needed. And they're still there. They, they, obviously you're not going away, but you don't have to you, you can, you can put your energies to growing this new audience and growing your revenues in the process. Correct. And, and it was, and it was all cash and carry, you know, so a swipe a credit card. So your cash flow got better. Um, and also allowed me to, it, it allowed us to cater to a specific chef, a really good, the, the high end chefs, you know, or the ones that are really care about their trade and really appreciate culinary. That's my niche. You know, people, it doesn't make a difference if you're, if you are a country club chef or a private yacht or, um, or a, um, or a restaurant, you know, we're very happy that we have, um, last week, our uh, culinary city has become notor has got some notoriety, uh, for, uh, having 11 Michelin star restaurants now in South Florida. Very so nice. it's, yeah, we, we finally, and, um, and we have a lot of them recognized by Michelin. So it's really nice to see that our culinary scene has really become, and, and I'm, I'm glad to be, to be a part of seeing how the culinary industry has evolved over the years, you know? Sure. But, um, but going back to it, yeah, we cater to a specific clientele and we cater to everybody. Everybody's welcome to come here. But if it's, it's a matter of, of you're coming to me for a specific need and you need it filled and you know what I have. And that's pretty much what it is. You know, that's, so we stick with our niche. We do what our customers ask us to do. And, and for, for our clientele, it works. So in March of 2020, obviously COVID rears its ugly head and places start to shut down in the process and people have to experience different things, especially in the, in the restaurants and, and, and entertainment industries. Um, how did it affect your business and what kind of uh, efforts did you make to, to address it? Well, to start with this, in order to make it through a pandemic economy, you had to have been successful or solvent and behave like a business prior to a pandemic economy, okay? The people who lost their pants in a pandemic economy were people that were kind of iffy or they weren't doing so well and, um, and or they were underfunded or they were, their businesses weren't healthy. That pretty much gave away for them to go out of business and to save face that, hey, instead of me being an idiot, 
I went out because of COVID. And everybody's like, ah, oh, COVID, I understand it, I get it, you know. But a, lo- a lot of people who um, didn't necessarily belong in business, that's, that was the correction. A big correction came in and allowed for big market players to come into our into like restaurants or so. And for other people with hot and heavy with money, primarily from New York, um, moving in with money and a hot and heavy. So in order, but, but going back to it, you needed to behave like a business prior to this happening. That was that. Um, we were very scared. I'm not going to lie. We were very scared. Uh, we didn't, nobody knew what COVID was. It was like a cat five hurricane coming at the world, you know, and there was no place to run except being your home. That was the safest place. And we didn't, I was afraid for our staff and I listened to them. I heard the anxiety. I stopped going to work. Uh, my kids were pulled out of school already. One time I heard one of our employees sighing of like agony and I took a decision. I said, we're closing the shop. We're closing the store right now. We sent out um, on all the social media channels that we're going to close until it's safe to come back. And we were, what happened was we were closed physically for a few weeks. And what happened was nobody was, was, the phones didn't ring. Nothing happened. Zero, nothing happened. And after a little bit, I said, I got to make some phone calls. I got to find out what's going on. What segments are still operating? What segments are not? What do we have? I still have a pulse. And I started calling. I really, I found out we're closed up. We're closed up right now. I don't know when we're coming. Then all of a sudden, hey, we're still open. Can you help me with these needs? And then I started having employees come back to me. And then what happened was, well, in that time period that we were planning the safety pro- protocols in order to open back the business, mm-hmm. that would allow us to open, like you know, minimum three people in the store at once. A mask at all times, have to sanitize your hands, wear an arrow glove. We have an arrow glove system that you put on in order so when you touch things, you didn't, you didn't get COVID. It was, uh, it was really an undertaking. You know, I was, listening, I was on pod, I was on webinars with other businesses uh, to see how they were pivoting through it, how they were going to get through things. And um, uh, we wanted to open up safely back, but we weren't sure when that would be. And then I had one employee that was willing to come in and I had started Maybe for, and so we, start, we started getting phone calls. We said, maybe we can open up by, by appointment only and safely, you know, where somebody stays in the car, we go, we, we, we come to the back, we pick up their stuff, we, we, we bring in what they need to pre-order in advance, you know, or they come into the store, we have to have one person at a time. It's, we didn't know, we were just trying to do the best we could with knowing about what COVID really was. Sure. And then um, we started getting phone calls for some deliveries. We started getting phone calls from people. Hey, can you get this to me? Can this to, and then the um, May, th- and then at the same time, I was applying for the PPP, and uh, we got it, and which which both we got two of them by the way, and both are from, have been forgiven. Um, oh, thank God! And I, by law, I had to notify everyone, my organization. We got the PPP. Do you want to come back to work? And everyone said yes, hands down. So I said, okay. So we reopened, I think it was May 20th, we closed and we reopened full time until uh, on, on, May, on May 3rd of 2020. And thank God we never closed up again. And the business was very slow, not going to lie, but the PPP allowed us to pretty much operate 
and whatever really came in was was good. That's what it was. It was basically bunting. That makes sense. You wanted to you wanted to just any sale was a good sale at that point. Well, the whole process was a challenge for so many in so many different ways, and I can't go into how how horrible the experience was. But businesses figure out ways to keep going. And yours obviously was a business that helped others keep going in the process, which was even more powerful in the actuality of what you accomplish on a regular basis. Because it really does seem that you have been the the eyes, the ears, the confidants, the uh, go-to person, the the emergency assistance that knows uh, for all these different restaurants and and, and chef focused establishments. Uh, over the course of the last 20 years. So it's really great to see where your business has come from, all from a, uh, a presentation in a business school class. And, and I think we only even touched on some of the, the stories of your journey that, uh, that you've experienced over the course of time. So I'm wondering how best is it for people to get in contact with you if they're interested in learning more about what you provide and, and how to utilize you? You know, you can send me an email. Okay, to a Michaels at culinary-convenience.com, or you can call myself 786-303-1833. You can call me or you can call my business 954-525-0011 extension four and ask for the, uh, the store. They will help you out there, but that's the best way to get a hold of us. And um, you can go to our site. You can see some of what we do. It's not a, we're, we're getting it better. It's we're, like, like I'm, we're hospitality grads. We're not website guys, you know? So um we're we're uh, we're very old school in that way. It's very we like to get the, we like to talk with the customer. We actually like to shake hands and do those type of things. Make it a really good experience. You know, I want to keep the relationship. That's what I. That's what we want. Well, it sounds like you've kept quite a number of relationships over the course of time, and uh, they're they're the gift that keeps on giving. It's really an amazing story. I really uh, enjoyed learning about uh, all, all you've accomplished. So, uh, Aaron, thank you very much for being our guest today. Thank you for your time and a pleasure being on your show. And thank you all for joining us as well. When I talk about that, we're discussing the journey of the business owner. It really means a lot of different things. This is a very different journey than I've ever had as a conversation of where the idea comes from and how to really make it into a business. And it's a business that has thrived because Aaron found the need. And then as he grew in his business, he found even greater needs and and greater opportunity in doing so. You have to keep your eyes open. You have to keep looking ahead and understanding the marketplace to see what else is out there. Because whatever you're doing today may not be the perfect thing for you five, 10 years down the line, but there's something else is that's perfect for even more people. And you just have to uh, find your way to it and really help your business grow a little bit more in, in the process. So uh, keep your eyes and ears open uh, as always, but go have a great rest of today and we'll see you next time. This has been Small Business Marketing, then and now. Brought to you by Profit Master Business Solutions. Marketing strategy for the small business owner. To learn more, click findnewrevenue.com.